Can metrics of success change depending on situation? We talk a lot on this show, Southman Watkins, about metrics of success because I think that everybody wonders those things. If you're a teacher, your students should probably test well. If you are a garbage man, right? The efficiency in which you get the garbage picked up, how long do you take? If you drop off packages for Amazon, if you make burgers, anything you do, there are metrics of success. For the Kings, we all want the metrics of success to be linear, right? And to progress and to move forward. Hey, you lost in the first round last season. Yep. Get to the second round this season. That is moving forward. That is progressing. That is a metric of success. But Chris, in a Western conference that is so loaded, I've never seen anything like it. I'm willing to sit here and and tell you today that I would say that if you lose in the first round, it's okay. Because either way, even if you lost in the second round, you're up, you have to upgrade in the summer anyway. So, yeah. uh, so it doesn't really make a difference to me whether you lose in the first or second round. Monty McNair is going to be looking to do the same things yeah. moving forward. Yeah, it, it's it's a, this. You're not running this group back. So, first round or second round doesn't really make a difference to me. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think we talked about that a bit last week, but you know, the the first and the second round are are you know, yeah, it is tangibly better to be in the second round than the first round. But at the end of the day. You still didn't really have a chance to uh, to to seriously contend. Like you would not be considered a contender for making the second round of the playoffs. You're obviously a step closer, but like you said, Monty's going to have to make moves and probably the same moves regardless of first or second round exit. So you know it, it's of course better. I'm not saying you know the Kings making the second round is actually not something to be excited about, but it's just you know like like the point of this segment is essentially is. You can take smaller victories along the way that might mean more to your success in the future than going to just than just going to the second round. Like yeah. for example, I mean we've talked a lot about Keegan Murray, but Keegan Murray, like you were were presenting to Frankie there, him figuring out how to balance more of this being really good on defense. Mm-hmm. I won't say elite yet, but being really good on defense and still averaging 16 points and right. You know, hitting three threes in a game every single night. Can he figure that out? Well, regardless of if the Kings make the second round or not, if Keegan does that, that's a really good sign yes. for next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a couple other things that, you know, I'm sure we could throw out as well um, that are also signs of, of progression. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, De'Aaron Fox for sure. Uh, I think Kevin Herter, kind of the same thing as, as Keegan, just finding a level of consistency with those guys. If De'Aaron Fox finishes the way he is shooting right now, do you even still – do you believe it or would you have to see it going into next season as far as the threes? Because you've seen – would it make you feel like, hey, great, De'Aaron is a shooter now, or would you still say, oh, man, I this has been awesome, but I would I still need to see right now he's at thirty seven percent right so would you say Which if, let's say he finishes it has dropped right so his career he's thirty three so let's say the season ends today would you say I feel like I can put that in the category of 
De'Aaron being a better shooter or or is shooting a bit different to where you'd have to see him do it next season too? Yeah, I'd probably have to see him do it next year, and it wouldn't have to be at 37% again, but just kind of still showing, okay, I'm no longer a 33. I might be – now I know I had 37 last year or this season, but if he has 35 next year, I still think that's per progress. I think that's saying he was a 33% shooter. Now these past two seasons he's been around 36%. Right. And it's kind of the same as free throw shooting. Like if you look at De'Aaron's free throw shooting numbers – he was rookie season 72, second season 72, uh, then 70, and then he started getting better. He was 71, 75. Last year he was 78, and that's why the the dip this year back down to 70 is so disappointing. Um, you would like to say De'Aaron has improved as a shooter, but I think you would have to still see it next year. But there still are some things that he can do the remainder of this year that right. can tell us, He's definitely better as a shooter than he was previously, and I think, I think we've seen enough to still feel that way. But I think the the line is going to be: we've seen De'Aaron be a forty percent shooter for a stretch of time. We've also now seen De'Aaron probably be more so towards that thirty three percent. Where is he on that scale? Because that's that is a very very large difference from being thirty three percent to even just being thirty seven thirty eight. Yeah, I don't. I think that he can he can whatever he finishes at is fine for me. I'm more interested in how he shoots when it matters. If he goes ice ice baby and he's mm-hmm. just bricking it up in the playoffs, then I would say yeah. I mean regular season is one thing, sure. but yeah, when it, it matters, right? when it matters, you know it, it, he wasn't able to to sure. to get it done. Conversely, if he's shooting the lights out in the playoffs, I would be more inclined to say yeah. I think this is legit. Because the lights will never be brighter than the playoffs. Right. So even if they lose the series, but De'Aaron, De'Aaron shot the way that we've seen him shoot throughout the duration of the season in the playoffs, I would go into that season and I would put that in the category of De'Aaron is an improved shooter because mm-hmm. he did it in the regular season, yeah. he did it in the playoffs. If he shoots 38 40% and then reverts back to who right. he has been in the past in the playoffs – then to me, we're we're just we're, we're still trying to figure it out. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And just for reference, he did shoot thirty three percent last year in the playoffs as well, See. and that was after in the regular season uh, he shot thirty two percent. So that so that it, was it about was, right. But that a little better. Yeah, a little bit better. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like you know, it it still wasn't great. And you could also say De'Aaron was probably taking a bit more threes because Kevin Keegan HB nobody else was making threes. Uh, in the playoffs, and De'Aaron was really their their best shooter in that playoff series. So, um, yeah, that'll that'll definitely be interesting. And you know, Sabonis too. Like I think a lot of Sabonis's work that still needs to be done. I think we've seen enough regular season success to know what this guy is. He's he's incredible every single night. He's going to give you a hundred percent effort. The question with Sabonis, unfortunately, is still the playoffs. Like he he's the one who. I think really has the most to gain by having a good playoff series. But it's not even that. Not even any, like just perception right. wise. Yes. Really. It's not even that there's one. Cause that was going to be next on my list. Yeah. Sabonis. What could he improve at? Yeah. Right. I mean, we know he shoots the three ball at about 40%, but he's only taking one, one a game, maybe yeah. two a game. Where, where can he improve? He, he kind of is what he is. Yeah. He, he is the product that he's going to be. It's just, do we actually believe that his game 
does not translate to the playoffs, whatever that means, or do we simply believe that he ran into a situation with Kevon Looney and the Warriors and it was just a rough stretch? And I'm more inclined to believe the latter, but we do have to see it. Because what is the book, right? If, if If it's a matter of... Oh, or, or Clayton Kershaw or whoever, Peyton Manning for for a long, right. long, you know, bit of his career. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, this doesn't translate right. to the playoffs. What would be the book on Sabonis that yeah. is, is what you do to him and why it doesn't work in the playoffs? The rebounding thing was, I don't think that's part of the book. Like, mm-hmm. I think that was just kind of an anomaly, and Kevon Looney is a crazy rebounder. So I wouldn't think that that's something that other teams can try and take. I would say... The thing that really threw Sabonis off the most in that playoff series was the drop coverage of really when Sabonis is standing at the free throw line or or above the free throw line, they just backed up and they said, go ahead and shoot that mid-range jumper. We're going to take away all of the cutters. And they did a good job of of protecting the the dribble handoffs as well. That's the game is, is you're not, you're just trying to stop everything Sabonis creates because if you look at Sabonis's playoff numbers last year, which I don't think a lot of the national media did, the numbers are fine. Like he he shot, uh, I think he shot over fifty percent from the field. Mm-hmm. He still was was uh, I think at seventeen or eighteen points per game. Still had his rebounding averages. It was the assists that really dropped. I think he went from eight to five assists per game, which is pretty significant when you consider how much Sabonis creates for others. Um, I think that's really, if you could say the book for Sabonis, it's trying to take away not what he does mainly, but more so what he does for others and then how that then impacts his game. Because if you're taking away what he's creating for Kevin Herter, for HB, for Keegan, well, then that forces Sabonis to be more aggressive looking for his. He's got to say, oh, man, I couldn't do the handoff. Oh, man, I can't pass it to the cutter. Well, Kevon Looney's playing like, three feet away from me, it's kind of a bad look if I just stare at the rim and Mm -hmm. and don't take the shot or if I don't try and go into him. So it's really just making him think. It's it's taking the the reaction offense and turning it into, oh, my gosh, option one gone, option two gone. Let the the mind start working. And at that point, that's really where you win. But how many teams can really replicate that? I I mean, they can replicate the drop coverage, but Mm – how well Looney played in the drop coverage. I I don't think that's a guarantee that everybody can do that. And there's still going to be options too. It still comes down to so many things that have to go right. You have the drop coverage and then you also have, yeah. And then people on the perimeter, the players on the perimeter can't hit shots because if they're hitting shots, then the whole thing breaks down. And because you, yes, but that's not what happened with the Kings last season because been inconsistent all year long. Yeah, Keegan got cold, and and Kevin, you could just could not find anybody that was able to to make a shot. And so those those are the two, the big ones coming from De'Aaron and also from yeah. Sabonis. And obviously, you have expectations for Keegan and Harrison Barnes and Kevin Herter, and ultimately where we think that'll fall and where the Kings are, will fall is where we are headed next when we get back. Chris and I give our official second half prediction. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. You have about four teams within a game and a half of each other. No disrespect to the Lakers and the Warriors, but here we go. Suns and the Pelicans both at 22 losses for the six or the five and six seeds. Then you have the Mavericks with seven. 
seven games behind, and then you have the Kings seven and a half games behind. Then you have the Lakers nine and a half games behind, and the Warriors eleven games behind, rounding out that five and six in the play-in. Chris, ultimately, you know those top four teams. The Kings are are a game and a half back behind the Suns and Pelicans, but you're you're pretty much all at the same point. Yeah. Right. So let's just let's just get into it. How do you see? And we had Frankie on record say that they get to the sixth seed. Okay. Yeah. That means somebody falls off, whether that's the Pelicans or mm-hmm. or the Mavericks, and they the Kings are able to climb up to that sixth seed. They have 17 games at home. They could go 17 and 11 to get those to get those 48 wins. Where do you see these Kings officially? This is yeah. on record now. I know. Where do you see them them finishing? I I guess I'm gonna be a pessimist here. I I just I feel like the schedule is really tough, and I I will happily be surprised by it. But I just think it's gonna be too tough not necessarily to miss the playoffs entirely but I just think they're probably going to finish uh in that seven or eight spot just because I think you said it earlier it's really kind of six teams fighting for two spots and I just think the odds that the Kings uh play their best basketball down this stretch even though we saw them do it last year um it felt like an not like an anomaly, but it it's just going to be tough to replicate. Like we've we've said it tons of times, but they won their first five games out of the stretch. One, I think Whitey said eleven of their first thirteen uh, out out of the break. And so, if you're saying that you got to kind of replicate that kind of model, I just think that that's a that's a bit of a stretch for a team that's got we've we've talked about the teams they have to play. I mean, they have the Clippers, Miami Nuggets. T-Wolves, they got the Lakers, they've got the Bucks, they've got the Knicks, um, and that's all just before mid-March. Like, I, I think it's going to be really tough for them to not play well. I think 48 wins is about – like, that should be a, a, a huge victory. That's a really big – uh, uh, achievement, I think, for this team. If they go, what, 17 and 11, it would be down the stretch to get 48. Like, that sounds good to me, and I feel like – uh, just because everybody else is is doing incredibly, like that shouldn't knock that the Kings still played pretty well. It just might not be good enough, and I don't think that's bad. Like again, like so I where think, do you have them? I like a seven, a seven or eight is where is where I would put them. I think they're gonna be they're gonna get a home play in, and uh, I I will not I <laughs> I don't have faith of in them in the play in, but. Um, I mean, you know, being the seven or eight seed, at least you're gonna get two shots at it, and I would like to think that they would probably sneak in uh, in that fashion. But even then, it's it's sketchy if you're going to say one-game elimination. And even though it's two games, it's it's still going to be probably at least one of those games is going to be against either the Warriors or the Lakers. So there's going to be a lot of emotions and, uh, you know, a lot of probable favoritism uh, yeah. heading into those games. Yeah, well, you're not, you're not wrong there. Yeah, I don't know if the Suns hang on to the five seed, but I just think you're asking a lot for the Kings to take care of business and for both the Pelicans yeah. and the Mavericks to fall off. Yeah. And or re- the Suns. Or, or the Suns, right? I don't think all three of them will. I think the Suns will probably hold on to either five or six. So I, I can I can knock out the Pelicans and the Mavs if I wanted to. 
I just don't see all three of those things happening or four of those things happening. And I would say more specifically, I see the Kings getting very, very close, but finishing in the seven seed, specifically yeah. the seven seed. Yeah, and we can't forget here though. We we have we did check uh, last week. The Suns do have the toughest strength of schedule remaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kings, I believe, were were number five or four or five on that yes. list. So that's again where I just feel like it, it's a real uphill battle for uh, the Kings. Actually, have moved down to eighth now. So the Kings have the eighth toughest How does that uh, remaining schedule because I think we checked like right before the the deadline or right before the uh, All Star break happened. So I think there was like two games. Ah. Of the Pistons and the or some you know they they had a couple games or yeah they had uh, what was it Phoenix and Denver were the last two games mm-hmm. and so that those two high win That's percentages big. then knocked off so That's big. Phoenix has a remaining strength of schedule of five sixty four which is that is head and shoulders the uh, the best record uh, remaining for a team the San Antonio is number two at five thirty five so San or so Phoenix really has. A tough go of it. Uh, the Clippers have the seventh hardest remaining strength of schedule. The Kings are eighth at a 51% win percentage for the rest of their team. So it's it's just not going to be easy. And uh, there's some teams above them. Pelicans are sitting at 12. Um, and Oak, uh, who is the other team? Uh, Dallas is sitting at 21. So Dallas's remaining strength of schedule is actually below 500. So, I mean, that they just have a lot easier path. And, you know, they do have two superstars in Kyrie and, mm-hmm. and Luka. So, um, I, I could see Dallas holding on to six seed. I think Phoenix is, with with the talent they have of, of Book, KD, and if Beal can, can stay healthy for this stretch, I know they have a tough schedule, but I think that they're capable of, of, of holding their own against those kind of opponents. So, those I feel like Phoenix and, and Dallas would probably be my picks for the five and for six. For the five and six. Yeah. yeah, I think Oh my gosh, I just realized that would put the Kings and Pelicans in that one game playoff. No, no, Alan, no. We no, can't no, have no, that. no, 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 no. We no, have no. to the avoid that. Fall off. The, pe- yeah. no, the Pelicans will fall off. <laughs> we have to avoid that at no, all. No, the costs. Pelicans will fall off. You know what? Oh or maybe they'll be due. Who knows? Yeah, I think the main thing for the the Mavericks as far as as it pertains to the Kings, is that the Mavericks, it feels like they have not been whole. The Kings have been pretty whole right. all season. That That's why we don't have that much confidence in this, this next stretch coming up here. Because the Mavericks, I feel like Kyrie has missed a ton of games. He's missed okay? a handful, yeah. And not just Kyrie. I, I feel like Kyrie has missed games. Luka's just been playing with some ragtag people and ragtag players so that's why i feel like the mavericks can say hey we're we're getting healthy now moving into this this last part of the season to to make a stretch pelicans you're you're always trying to get healthy if you're the pelicans (laughs) and and honestly pretty similar with the suns the kings out of out of all the teams i guess besides the lakers out of all the teams from five to ten it feels like the Kings and the Lakers have been the healthiest. That's yes, a problem. Yeah, yeah, right. They've been healthier than the Suns. They've been healthier than the Pelicans. They've been healthier than the Mavericks. And they've been healthier than the Warriors. And some of the Warriors have been self-inflicted. Right. But I think the Kings and the Lakers have the least to hang on to in yeah. terms of, hey, we, we still have – we haven't used this yet. We haven't been healthy yet. Mm-hmm. You have. You have. And that's – I think I, – I didn't really piece it together, but I do think that's a big reason why I just 
I just don't have great feel. Like I don't, I don't feel overly confident about this team. I still think they can get it done, but I can't just come. I would love to come on here and and you know bang the king's drum and be a homer and say, oh no, we did this last. But it's the fact that yeah, they've they've had all of their guys. They haven't had excuses. They really haven't had many excuses for why they haven't played well this year, and for them to still be in the eight seed. Um, you know, yeah, maybe it's hope. Like Frankie said, you could say they're due that they've been so inconsistent all year. And that's been a bit uncharacteristic from the team we saw last year that, you know, it just makes sense that at some point it's all going to click. But at the same time, we've just seen this collection of guys play for 50 plus games and they just, there's been no consistency at all. And so when you have game one out of the break, we have questions on Demonis Sabonis' availability. It just makes me think, is this the start of what this is going to be like? Because we haven't had to deal with this kind of in-and-out adversity. Is this going to be the trend for the second half? What I'm saying, yes. What we're essentially saying is that the the Kings should be in a better position than they're in. Absolutely. Based on the type of luck, if you want to use that (laughs) word, that they've had this season. When we get back, we have some text that we want to read. But, Chris, you got to go official here, seven or eight. Seven. There you go. Seven. Chris has seven. He copied me. We both have seven, and we hope we're wrong. We hope we're wrong, and we hope the Kings can get out of the plan and get to that six seed or or maybe even better. All right? When we get back, continuing the conversation, we're also going to have a conversation about the city of Sacramento and the All-Star Game. Do you care that it might not meet the requirements? How do you want to see the city grow as it – continues to move forward and and become a just a great staple here as the state capital. Sal's and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Let's go, Sacramento. If they ask me and nobody else cares to do it, bleep it. I'll do it again. Jalen Brown on competing in the 2025 dunk contest. Did you see the video of him practicing that dunk no. that he tried? So I guess... He, he nailed it in practice. It was a, a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. People are saying Jason Tatum sold the throw, essentially. Okay. And that's really what ended up doing him dirty. And also, I mean, I think you mentioned it. Why did he Why did he have Kai Sinat sit? Right. I'm right. pretty sure he would have been the same height if he was. It yes. Just the entire thing was, was terrible. <laughs> Jalen, you're not being asked back. It's not happening. He, if everyone says no again, I'd rather have Jacob Toppin. I would rather have Toppin versus Toppin. What a wet blank. This yeah. Guy. yeah. <laughs> if, if no one wants to do it, at least Jalen Brown is a name. Come on. Give give us a You want to see here. that again? Not particularly, but, you know, I mean, I, I, w- I like a redemption story. And if Jalen yeah. comes out without the left hand and, and you know, the Michael, the Michael Jack, Jackson glove, not, none of that this time, <laughs> maybe something. But we've been teasing this story. For a while now, we want to get into it. This is from Clutch Points, and this is a story on how Wingstop made a lot of money. So this is from Clutch Points. The Detroit Pistons accidentally made Wingstop millions of dollars. Every fan in Detroit gets five free Wingstop wings when the Pistons win. Then the Pistons lost an NBA record 28 straight games, and the promotion went viral. On December 30th, the Pistons got their first win in two months, and fans flooded Wingstop. The result 
Wingstop made $19 million in net income that quarter, a massive 46% jump from the previous quarter, and it didn't end there. In late January, Giannis went viral for trying to scan a QR code mid-game. This is why I can't stand this guy. It was wild. To get free Wingstop wings. Then a couple weeks later, he posted a video of himself boarding a plane to All-Star Weekend with a huge bag of Wingstop's lemon pepper wings. The result, Wingstop's stock reached an 80% increase compared to six months ago. Of course, it's not all because of the NBA, but the free marketing didn't hurt. The Pistons... Maybe the ultimate losers this season, but they created ultimate winners. Wink stop. Money. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Wait, I, what? So, what was the Giannis thing? Was he was he playing the Pistons? I don't think I can't remember if he's in or not. Like, if he's in street clothes or if he was in like a warm up. But it was definitely the game was over from Giannis mm-hmm. Giannis's perspective. But he literally has a phone, and you can see him like kind of like you know bend down so right. he can see the screen and he's literally trying to scan a qr code <laughs> off the bench in, in the middle of a game which is uh it's just wild it, it's insane so uh shout out Wingstop, i guess uh is is as i guess the uh the moral of yeah that, yeah man. get in get in where That's you fit in crazy this is pistons have only won eight games who even well they beat and they beat the know, kings yeah yeah, shout out uh, Crumble Cookies, of course, and mm-hmm. I think Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A they get it. a sandwich. And Mountain Mike's. I was never good at redeeming those things. Every time you, I download get, the you app. get excited, but like, yeah, it just ends up you being can't, a process. Yeah, you can't put them on layaway. They give you, what is it, about five to seven days, maybe ten. I think it is, yeah. Between five and ten days to... To, to, to redeem like it. redeem it, right. Yeah, because I did one for the for one of them. Right. And, oh, I got five days, I, yeah. all right, or ten days, okay, and I just didn't do it. I remember back in the day at Arco, they used to, like, pass out the uh, two free jack-in-the-box tacos, like, at the door, mm-hmm. and I would just stack those things up. Especially you can't those, use them all at one time. No, but you could just, yeah. I mean, you know, you could go five were straight two, days in a two row. two for a dollar? It was, yeah, something like that. And also... Yeah, who knows? I, I don't think Jack in the Box not, meat is crazy. Okay. It was a different time That's back then. Wild. It was a different time, okay. but they were hidden though. Guys, like I also have that uh, Yana sound here. If we want to hear him uh, with the QR code, <laughs> yes, yes, please. Oh, speaking of wings, oh, everybody gets wings, free wings from Wingstop. <laughs> I think Craig made that happen. He was not in street clothes. So he, oh my God. So <laughs> he has his jersey yes. on and everything. Yes. So that means he probably like either, he had someone go to the locker room Get to his grab phone. <laughs> my man is also yeah. like a multi-millionaire. I'm telling you, man. Like, what is that? This guy is going to, everyone is going to look <laughs> at him and say what could have been. He's getting a wing stop during the game. He think it's a joke. <laughs> I hope they won. I really hope they won. And right, it, it must have like, been a different. This was not because at first I thought it was the win Pistons. against the Pelicans. Okay, okay. so they won. Okay. At first I thought okay. it was the Pistons were beating the Bucks, oh and he decided, well, if I'm gonna catch an L <laughs> I'm here, I'm gonna no, catch no, his no, lemon no, no. L's for a lemon pepper. Let me at least just catch some lemon pepper <laughs> wings too. Well, well, there you go. And we are going to hear from right here. The 5-3-0, 48 wins this year versus 48 wins last year means the Kings actually are better, right, since it just seems that the West is better. 
I could agree with that. Yeah, for sure. I could agree with that. It hasn't looked like it. Right. It's almost on a curve, right? Yes. It's like, yeah, 48 wins against tougher competition yes. does kind of hold more weight than 48 wins last year when a lot of teams were injured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely the right way of looking at it for sure. There you go from the 916 Kings versus Pels in a one-game <laughs> playoff. Sounds like Cleveland versus New York in Major League. One day we'll figure out how to beat those guys from Lou Brown. <laughs> yeah. Pelican, Come on, Pelicans. Yep. I, I just don't want to see them. <laughs> no Ever. Interest, no. But Absolutely they, the, not. The, the Kings, they have the Pelicans one more time, right? Uh, or are they done? Yes. No, yeah, I think have, it is one more time. Yeah, they have them one more time. And at that point, could I – Could I? does this make sense? Could I say that if there is a chance that the Kings could face here, – here's a good question. Okay. All right, so they've now lost to the Pelicans three times. I think it's hey, I think four it's times because of the. Let me get that right. Because of the in-season tournament, I believe it's four. Yeah, they lost and they them have tw- a fifth time coming up. I believe is correct. There was the tournament game. There was the two at the beginning of they, the season. Yes. Uh, so it's at least zero and three. Yep. 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 Uh, I see one. I see two. I see three, and I see four. One, two. Yep. They've lost four times. Yep. And they okay. have a fifth time coming up. Uh, when is that? 15? April 11. April 11. So here's my question. Now that we know it's very possible that the Kings could see the Pelicans in the playoff, would you rather – this is going to go roulette here, okay. right? Black's got to hit eventually. Would you rather – I think I know where you're The going. Kings beat the Pelicans, uh-huh. and now all of a sudden, okay, yeah, you got some confidence, right, right going into a possible play-in game – or lose to the Pelicans uh-huh. and the, the numbers odds, yeah. uh, knowing that the play-in could happen, the odds of a team go. I don't even know if it's ever happened in basketball. Oh, and six is crazy. Before, because because of <laughs> right the play-in and the playoffs, this could be the first time the odds <laughs> of a team to. going zero and six against a team has to be so low. It has to be. I think I'm willing to sacrifice that win. Is that crazy? I think if you were to ask math experts, they would probably tell you you're right, right? Like, I think think the odds probably would say that. But then again, the Kings have, again, lost to the Bucks like 15 straight times. So, I guess it's not a guarantee, but I think the logic is there for sure. 15 straight (laughs) times, but not in the same – not 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 five in the same same season. season. Yeah, that's crazy. I I would like to get a win against the Pelicans before we play them. Yes. But – I hear what you're saying. I mean, you could almost say it's like, you know, De'Aaron's free throw logic could apply there, too, where it's like, hey, lost to the Pelicans five times in the regular season, but beat them with count, right? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's interesting. I'm not – I I just don't want to see them, but if you did (laughs) – I hear what you're saying, and I think the fact that it's not crazy – is is telling of where the, the Kings are in that matchup. And Bob, they had they are zero and five. There has never been a team to go zero and six against another team. I would not bet on the Kings to not make history in that sense, though. This is actually a good question, even including playoffs. Has a team ever went? You would have. Has a team ever gone zero and six to where? Well, I guess depending on if it's Western or Eastern Conference. So. Has a team ever gone winless against a team, including the playoffs? I'm sure. I'm sure. It would def- I mean, yeah, it would have to involve a first-round sweep, but right. I'm sure it's definitely happened before. It's just, not again, not six times in the before the playoffs even start, though. That That's unheard of, but I'm sure that a team <laughs> has lost 
every game, like more than five games in a season to a team before. It's just Without been, a win, though. It's been in the playoff. Probably. I mean, because teams play, every team plays each other at least twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be those two matchups and then just sweeping them in a four-game playoff series. Like, that's not unheard of. I wouldn't think at least. But five losses, in, because how many times, this is the first season, the end season, so how many times yeah. has a team, how many times has a team played another team five times in one season? I don't the know. Kings yeah. actually might make history happened. Yeah. to go winless yes, I don't wanna, five times for five games against the same team. Yeah, I, I would guess that how, it's How would that have happened before? Time. Maybe beforehand. Maybe when, when they had like four teams when in the, the league. Exactly. When there was like, yeah, 16 teams or something. But not in modern history. I mean, yeah, there would be no reason for a team to play somebody else a fifth time. Not that I can think of. Yeah, I can't think of a time in which you, there would have been a necessary like 83rd game or anything like that. Like a one game playoff or something. So, yeah, I mean, I think in, a, in the worst way possible, the Kings... Definitely could make history this year for sure. I'm going to try and look that up. Though. Yeah, I, I would say that as much as we're joking about, you know, playing the numbers, I do think that I would obviously take the Kings beating the Pelicans simply because yeah. you just, that would be the last time you would have played them. You could say, okay, we got over the hump and we know that we can beat these guys. If you don't beat them, you literally can't say, we know we can beat these guys. Because you haven't beat these guys. Right. So, I, as much as you could play the numbers, it would be nice to just get that that mental side of things taken care of and get a W against the, the, the big bad Pelicans that the Kings just cannot figure out. When we get back, we will discuss the All-Star game not coming to Sacramento due to their requirements. And how does that make you feel if you are in Sacramento, the surrounding areas, or just got love for the state capital. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Apparently, there's been some issues all day. I don't know if they're still going on with AT&T customers. Saw that. Not, not having service or reception. I haven't had any issues, but I know some people have. I'm seeing some mm. memes about it. So, sorry for your luck if you haven't been able to use your phones today. Hopefully is you're it, getting a nice break from everything. Is it like, have you tried any any calls? Because you're probably connected to Wi-Fi and with your iPhone, that would be okay. But if it's a service issue, that's I think a it was more substantial. Yeah, I'm seeing it. It came back about three hours ago. Hmm. And yeah, I guess there was just some issue and nobody, nobody had service for, or, or a lot of people didn't. I, I, I didn't have any problems. I didn't but. either. Yeah. Who knows? I'm with Bay and Verizon. On the really? Oh, Verizon. Yeah, you one of those Verizon. Yeah, Verizon. Yeah, I've heard about you guys. Hello, service. I have Verizon. Can you yes. hear me now? Yeah. Yes, I can. No, I can't. Because service. I have you muted. Okay, we got another one. We got. We have to actually add these to the list here. As I got Dante Green a couple days ago, yeah, yeah. ex-King, as far as my lookalikes. We have from the 916... Styles looks like Kevin Atwater from Chicago PD. Do not watch Chicago PD, so we checked it out over the break. Chris, Simone, your thoughts? He has a beard. He He does have a beard. That was beautiful. Yeah. It's a good beard, too. Yeah. What do you mean? I just mean it's. I'm more of a scruff guy. No, yeah, yeah. I can grow a beard. 
No, you definitely could. Yeah, you, no one. Like, this has gotten <laughs> mad defensive. All I said was I'm he had saying. a good beard, and then all of a sudden, because you, you now I'm gonna grow beard. one. That's why you look like those folks, is what I'm saying. That's is, right. Is you've got a now great I'm gonna beard, grow one. They've got a great beard. You know, yeah. Well, then you're gonna get James Harden. Then it's over. No, I don't want oh. that. I, 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 no, thank you. That's not a compliment. I did right? get. I, oh, <laughs> Al's got the Harden beard going. Yeah. <laughs> Or it's just a beard that I grew. I don't. I know. Yeah. Is it's, it, it, it's not even close to as long as hard. No, That's not what even Always close. crack me up as well. But thank <laughs> you, you nine six. Yeah, like you could probably get a nice. Could you? Do I'll you, show you. Like, I'll do you have any Because you know how like LeBron kind of can't grow his. No, underneath? I will show you a a picture during the break okay. from COVID. Okay. And that will, it yeah. was, it was aggressive. You just let it go, huh? I just, I let it we go like did. frozen. That's, yeah. that's what had to happen at the time. And unfortunately, what's probably not going to happen at any time, I shouldn't say any time, maybe in the future, is an all-star weekend mm. in Sacramento. Chris, you have the requirements yeah. and how Sacramento, unfortunately, is falling a little bit short. Yeah, this is all from the Oklahoman, uh, and you could obviously try and connect why the Oklahoman would, would be interested in these numbers as well. Uh, as Oklahoma City tries to bid for their own all-star game as they are in the midst right now, I believe, of, of trying to get a new arena themselves. And uh, we know here in Sacramento, that's kind of always the the carrot dangled for these smaller markets is, hey, if you get a new arena built, well, there might be some assurances that you can be in contention to get an all-star game and all the revenue that that brings. Uh, but again, this is from the Oklahoman. These are the new requirements uh, for cities to meet uh, in order to host an all-star weekend. Number one is 7,250 hotel rooms in a at a minimum of uh, of three and a half star, I'm sorry, in a minimum of three five-star hotels. So they not only do you have to have a minimum amount of just general hotel space, mm-hmm. there has to be a certain amount of five-star hotels, I would assume, for league personnel, players, family, all those people yeah. to uh, to stay in. And I guess there, it has to be of a certain quality. Um, and that, just from the Sacramento perspective, I believe the Sawyer classifies as that. I don't think the Hyatt on K Street does how? Um, I don't think it does. I'm not These people bougie, sorry. man. The yeah. Hyatt. That's, I mean, it's good enough for me, that's for sure. Uh, well, yeah, five star. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I, and I, I know Sacramento doesn't have a ton of luxury hotels. I know they're building, a t- they're trying to build a ton. Uh, also in here is mentioned the convention center. The, the Sacramento just got a brand new convention center redone, the safe uh, convention center. Uh, I have not been in there yet, but just from the outside, it looks like a completely new building. Mm-hmm. Uh, but part of the NBA's requirements is a convention center of at least uh, 650,000 square feet of exhibition space. And this is uh, from, let's see here, shout out Alan Cal on uh, on Twitter says, the Sacramento uh, downtown Safe Credit Union Convention Center reopened in the summer of 21 after a stunning renovation. The new convention center offers 240,000 square feet of uh, programmable space. So they are not even close in terms of convention center size to that requirement as well. Uh, and then the third is 75 nonstop domestic flights and at least 20 international flights. I would assume that would be 
ability to come in and out of the airport. Mm-hmm. I would think Sacramento could could do that, but I honestly that's, am yeah. not aware of of what those numbers look like from the Sacramento perspective. But that's really, I mean, at minimum, it's two of three things that you uh, that you just don't even remotely qualify for. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and the the convention center thing, I'm trying to help me describe Chris where the NFL did there. I mean, how big cuz I'm just Bro. trying to put into perspective yeah. how big these convention centers <laughs> yes. are. If they're looking for a 650,000 square feet where we were Let me look it up. In I'm Vegas, sure up the Las Vegas It was the Mandalay Bay Convention the Center. The Mandalay Bay Convention Center where they did the NFL experience. Chris and I actually felt uncomfortable. It was, and they packed that thing it out. Okay. It was yes. huge, and there was people shoulder to shoulder in there. Shoulder, 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 shoulder. 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 And it was we shoulder, only me. <laughs> and, and Chris and I only went to one half yes, of go. it. We didn't even go to the other okay. half. To be fair, okay, this is insane. So this I just want to know. This is incredible. <laughs> the Mandalay Bay is the fifth largest convention center in the U.S. Again, the the minimum requirement for the uh, right. for the convention center is it a milli? It was six hundred fifty thousand is what the NBA wants. The Sacramento Convention Center is at two hundred forty thousand. The Mandalay Bay uh, is it a million? Convention Center is. 2.1 million square feet. Wow. That's crazy. I don't even know how to conceptualize that. So basically, that. so basically I, half of the half that we walked sure is what the NBA wants. Yeah, I mean, which seems small now. It does seem small now, but I mean even I yeah, I mean that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's insane. And I wonder how many It'd be interesting to see if anybody has compiled a list of just in general, even if it is 20 cities, like how many cities even qualify under this umbrella? Because I would imagine it's it's not many. I mean, Sacramento is small market, sure, but it's, you know, it's it's not. Well, Indiana it's had not one. Tiny, I guess. But Indiana is also, they kind of are like a hub for that kind of thing. Like they've hosted mm-hmm. the, uh, the combine there for years. And I right. guess it's because it's kind of perfectly centered in the middle of the country to where it's 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 yeah. not too bad for everybody or it's equally well, bad to, for everybody to, to that point is the issue is the issue no football team and no major there no, no yeah. nfl team right or no major college team either mm-hmm. right. you have neither yeah in sacramento and just that infrastructure too because you could probably make things work like i think about you know they when we were in salt lake city they had, yes, the all-star game and the festivities were at the Jazz Arena, but they also had practices, and they had the G League game, and they had uh, the HBCU game as well. They had, uh, I believe the convention centers would be used for the press conferences. It would kind of be a logistical nightmare with how Sacramento is currently constructed because, you know, Sac State's gym really isn't up to snuff for something that the NBA is looking to use. So, where would be the closest one? Like Davis, I guess. The the pavilion's okay. Um, but even that's not really, I think, the standard that the NBA is looking for. And so it's just, I don't know if even the infrastructure for basketball reasons is is good enough mm-hmm. uh, to, to be here in Sacramento. But, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it, it's a good dream to have, though. I think Sacramento, forget all of the logistics. Like, I think the city itself would be a really cool host city. I just imagine 
the entire festivities happening kind of in that Capitol Mall, Doco area. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just a really oh, good location for it. Yeah, it would be it would be incredible. And one day Sacramento will get there. But I, I do think it part of this is, you know, just uh, right. It's either OK, it's based on. The, the history, Indiana, or yeah. it's just a bigger city and yeah. they have a football team and things like that. So it's, it's a combination of things. Combination. But I, I was going to... Come on, combination. I know Simone's looking Combination. The <laughs> lunatic. When we, <laughs> when we get back, we are going to discuss the baseball free agents that haven't signed and how the baseball market might lead to the light at the end of the tunnel for the NBA market as the Kings look to re-up some spots this offseason. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports.